Welcome back to the Conclusion of the Matter podcast. I'm Ryan Weaver, one of your co-hosts. I'm here with my other co-hosts, Ren Ferguson and Robbie Santiago. Um, appreciate you joining joining in, listening in, and um, you know, hopefully you're getting something out of this. I know we all are, but um, Solomon wrote in Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verses 13 and 14, let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep His commandments, for this is man's all. For God will bring every work into judgment, including every secret thing, whether good or evil. So I'm going to go ahead and kick it over to Ren, and he's going to introduce today's topic of discussion. Yeah, well, as Ryan said, it's good to have everybody back this week. Uh, we are revisiting one of our reoccurring segment segments that we have here uh, that we call Message Behind the Music, where we take various songs that we commonly sing in worship and on Wednesdays and things of that nature uh, and look at the lyrics of them, examine those lyrics, and try to help gain a better understanding of what the songs are saying. I often think about 1 Corinthians fourteen fifteen, where he says, I will pray with the Spirit, and I will pray with the understanding. I will sing with the Spirit. I will sing with the understanding also. In the context of that, of course, he's talking about the miraculous ability to speak in tongues, but I think there is a general principle there where we need to understand what we are doing and what is being said, and so that's the that's the purpose of this particular segment. I, I want to add to that because yeah. one of the things singing does is we are teaching, so right. we need mm-hmm. to make sure right. that, number one, it's scriptural and understand yeah. what we're saying yeah, so absolutely mm-hmm. and so the the song that we are going to be looking at today is a song called yield not to temptation now there's a lot in this song as i was going through this i have a bunch of notes on this we're not going to get through all of those on uh, for sure but we're going to take it uh kind of verse by verse phrase by phrase as we typically do with this and examine uh, the the meaning behind this, the message behind this. The first stanza, I'll read the first stanza, and then we could go back through and, and make comments on the different parts of it. Uh, the first stanza, he says, Yield not to temptation, for yielding is sin. Each victory will help you some other to win. Fight manfully onward, dark passions subdue. And so... There's a few things, really. The first thing that immediately leapt out to me was that first phrase there, yield not to temptation for yielding is sin. And I know we've mentioned this a number of times in different episodes, but the temptation to sin is not sinful in and of itself. Like we think of James chapter 1 and verse 14 where he says, uh, each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desire. There are things that we perhaps desire that we know that are sinful, the temptation to engage or participate in those things in and of itself is not sinful. Because you think about Christ in Matthew 4, verses 1 through 11, or mm-hmm. even as we see in Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 15, that he was tempted in all points as we are yet without sin. Mm-hmm. The temptation in and of itself is not sinful. But when we yield to it, when we give in to it, as the song is pointing out here, and rightfully so, because it is in accord with Scripture, that is when we sin. Going back to James chapter 1 and verse 15, the desire when it has conceived gives birth to sin, and sin when it is fully grown brings forth death. And so we see that progression. And so the song is 
encouraging us. And, and as you pointed out in our song, we're teaching and admonishing one another. So as we're singing this, we're trying to encourage, not only reminding uh, ourselves, others, but yeah. encourage others to not give in to that sin. And I think it's ironic, later in the book of James, in chapter 4, um, verse 17, Therefore to him who knows to do good and does not do it, to him it is sin. So again, it's not the temptation. It's when we know we're being tempted, we know what the right decision is, yet we choose, uh, for whatever reason, not to make the right, right. decision. Right. Yeah, and <clears throat> I like doing definitions, and yield, you kind of touched on, Ren, a little bit, but one of the definitions is give way to arguments, demands, or pressure. And I think about that, it, Robbie, you said what for whatever reason. It could be any of those. It could be right. arguments that persuade us. It could be yeah. just the pressures that persuade us, any of those things. And I remember mm-hmm. as a kid, this song, I don't want to say confused me, but I'm like, yielding is sin? What? Because if you don't <laughs> uh-huh. pay attention to the context of it, yeah. yielding is sin, I'm like, I know there's a sign. I, didn't, I wasn't driving at the right. time, but I'm like... Wait, we're not supposed to yield, you know. It's yeah. it's it's. Uh, but I mean, but when you think about it, we yield. It means you give way. Give way to, to the other exactly, yeah. yeah. And and that's that's as an as an adult, you read the entire sentence there, structure as you did. Yield yeah. not to t- t- temptation, for yielding to sin. And I always think of David. You know, um, the David was on the rooftop, you know, yeah. and he saw Bathsheba. That in and of itself wasn't the the problem mm-hmm. he could have chose to look Part away the, yeah. and go downstairs yeah. but he yielded to that and he got himself into a whole mess of yeah. problems right. mm-hmm. and um i think that's where we need to maybe get on the gas instead of on the brake to yeah. yield well i always think of joseph along that same oh, line the, po- yeah. the opposite he yeah he got on the gas yeah, and got out, there. There. Exactly. got out of there exactly yeah i was going to bring an interesting example in in genesis 4 when it's talking about cain and abel uh and in verse 4, it says, Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock and of their fat, and the Lord respected Abel and his offering, but he did not respect Cain and his offering, and Cain was very angry, and his countenance fell. And God doesn't necessarily come out and say that that's sin, but if you continue reading in verse 6, so the Lord said to Cain, why are you angry, and why has your countenance fallen? If you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin lies at the door, and its desire is for you, but you should rule over it. So he's specifically mentioning to Cain, like, look, you know, you messed up here, but don't let this turn into something worse. Um, So, again, don't don't yield to it. And when I think of the word yield, I almost think— of you being somewhat lukewarm or kind of passive and just like being okay with it happening. You know, when when we're tempted, when sin is knocking at the door, so to speak, um, that's the time when we need to be even more, more vigilant, more aware, and more cognizant and a little bit, you know, more... Uh, not competitive is not the right word, but some, we definitely want to overcome it. Uh, it's not something that we want to be mm-hmm. okay at, okay with, or just to allow to happen. It's something that we want to kind of defeat. So, yeah. uh, so being lukewarm or being passive about it is kind of, I think, at the essence of this song of what not to do. Don't yield to it. Don't yeah. allow right. it to happen. Mm-hmm. Right. Instead, correct it and desire to do the right thing. So, yeah. and as he goes on in that same verse, the next phrase, he states, each victory will help you some other to win. Mm -hmm. As we, which staying in the book of James, James chapter 4 and verse 7, where he says, submit yourselves therefore to God, resist the devil and he will flee from you. Also think of 1 Corinthians 10, 13, where God provides that way of escape when those temptations arise. 
And it's, to me, it's the idea of almost like exercising that ability to find the way of escape, exercising that ability to resist the temptation. Mm -hmm. And the more you do that, the easier it will be when those temptations come. Agreed. Mm -hmm. I I went to uh, James chapter 1 in verse 2, and I know that Greek word in that context is talking about trials of a different sort. Yeah, persecution. But the point there is... You, you, when you make it through those, you're stronger. Yeah. And the mm-hmm. same point is what you said there is if you make it through these temptations, you get stronger. Now, right. to me, Satan comes back with more ammo. You know, it's mm-hmm. not like, oh, I'm right. good because he's got to try harder. Well, even yeah. like with the temptations of Christ in Matthew 4 and verse 11, it said that he departed Christ for, for a season. season. Yeah. He'll always come back. Right, but if you never succeed, then you'll never know kind of how to overcome sin if you just allow it to happen and let it win every time. Yeah, so. and and I think continuing there, he's talking about victory, which indicates a fight, mm-hmm. right? right? And mm-hmm. he next right. says, fight manfully onward. Mm-hmm. And if you look up the definition of manfully, it does talk about in the manner of, of the man, but another definition is bravely. And yep. I think that is the mm-hmm. key there. I think of, um, I immediately thought of 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse yep. 13, where mm-hmm. he said, be watchful, stand firm in the faith, act like men, yeah. and be strong. And if you look at that word, um, I looked up looked it up in Esword, and it did say to be, to not to fight bravely, but to act brave. Right. Even in that context, it, it's it's the attitude, and you think about the apostles spoke bo- boldly, I think mm-hmm. of bold, I think of all that when I hear the word brave, not right. not back kind of where you were at earlier, Robert. I'm mm-hmm. just kind of like, eh, ho-hum. Right. Hope I, hope I right. overcome it. But. Yeah. And, and brave, even, and, oh, sorry. I was just going to say brave is a totally different approach than right. that. Right. And even as he says, or as the song says right after that, dark passion subdue, it is kind of going back to a point that I may, think you made, Robbie, just a minute ago, that idea of bringing all of those things under our control so much as possible, like we see in Second Corinthians ten five, that we are to bring every thought captive to Christ, mm-hmm. fighting with that bravery, with that courage, as a soldier, because we are soldiers of Christ. Second Timothy two, mm-hmm. and bringing all of those things under control, which self control is one of the fruits yeah, of the spirit. Exactly, right? and I thought of First Corinthians chapter nine and verses uh, twenty four through twenty seven. Yeah, you know, Paul compares the Christian life to a race, and he's talking mm-hmm. about competing, and then he ends that with, "I put my body under subjection." Right. You know, I I try to get under control right. so I'm not disqualified, yeah. and that's what his point is. Even athletes will do things to get things under control, mm-hmm. and as a Christian, we have to try to do that. Yeah. I was even going to bring in, especially because basketball season's kind of and starting to come toward the end of the year, and Ryan and I are on different sides of the aisle when it comes to the Carolina and Duke rivalry. But, Ryan, you think of how many, almost every single Carolina-Duke game, whether it be regular season, you know, and the few that's in the ACC tournament or postseason, like almost every single one of those games comes down to the last, like, four oh, yeah. or five minutes, Most maybe the even yep. the last 30 mm-hmm. seconds, like almost every single one of them. And you think if each time that happened, the players were kind of like, well, you know, we'll I hope we win. Yeah. Um, instead of taking it to the opponent, yeah. um, and not just in the Carolina-Duke rivalry, but especially yeah. like throughout March Madness, you know, there's a number of different examples that we can give, basketball, football, like every sport. Mm-hmm. If the hardest and most pivotal point of the game, you just kind of cave and roll over and is like, well, I'm going to try, but we'll see what happens. And that's different than, you know, 
kicking it in that second gear. Uh, and the verse I was actually going to bring up, speaking of fighting manfully onward, uh, we'll probably bring this up later, I imagine, too. But in Ephesians 6, verse 10, it says, Finally, brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Mm-hmm. So, again, um, putting on the whole armor of God, the purpose to withstand Fight. temptation, mm-hmm. uh, and when you're doing that, be strong, uh, be decisive instead of yielding or being passive. And, yeah. and I think it's a good point is that as a Christian, you have to fight. Right. I mean, it's not just some – it's love and all that stuff, but there is a battle. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. it's – I think I've heard preachers say you're not on a cruise ship, you're on a battleship. Yeah. To a certain extent, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. we have to be on guard right. and, and defend. Absolutely, so. yeah. Yep. Uh, going on then to verse 2. He says, shun evil companions, bad language disdain. God's name hold in reverence, nor take it in vain. Be thoughtful and earnest, kind-hearted and true. Uh, Well, the first thing, you know, right off the bat, shun evil companions. We all probably thought of 1 Corinthians 15, 33. Yep. Uh, (laughs) You can have it, though. Go ahead. Okay. Well, he says evil companions corrupt good morals Mm -hmm. there. And it's, I mean, it's true. It always has been true. It always will be true. The people that we surround ourselves with are the people that will one day become. And what does he say right before that? He says, don't be deceived. Right. So don't kid right. yourself. Yeah. Don't, mm-hmm. don't act not like better it's than that. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, the other verse that I thought about was actually 2 Corinthians 6 in verse 14, where he states, do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers, unbelievers for yeah. what partnership has righteousness with lawlessness or what fellowship has light with darkness. Verse 15, he says, what accord has Christ with Belial or what portion does a believer share with an unbeliever? Again, I think it's that idea of being joined in fellowship with them and, and of course, allowing to the extent of allowing that influence. To influence you, yeah. right. Yeah, I think, I think there's a... F- a line there because right. in and I don't think it's in the same chapter there and actually it's in first isn't Corinthians, Corinthians? yeah where yeah. he he you know he's talking about and well, I don't think I'm talking about where he said I didn't mean for you not to associate with those of yeah, the that's world as a five okay yeah. I was thinking seven for some reason but um we have to be in the world you know yeah. there's mm-hmm. a difference between um dealing with people and being their best right. friend right right and plus I mean we have to evangelize so there's no way that we could not interact yeah. or not associate with anybody mm-hmm. of the world. Mm-hmm. I even, um, we were actually talking about, uh, you know, friends and influences that we have in our lives in the Youth Devo this past weekend. And, you know, of course, like you want to have um, people that you can have conversations with, you know, to invite them to church and things like that. But if those are people that are ultimately going to bring you down and to have bad influence on you, whether that be, you know, alcohol, uh, any you know, bad language, you know, just your conduct Mm -hmm. in general, you know, surround yourself with people that are going to help you achieve your goals, number one, but especially someone and some ones who are going to help you achieve your spiritual goals and help you to progress as a Christian. I mean, and that's applicable for anything, you know, Mm -hmm. if, if you put it in, in worldly terms, if, if I am on a, 
I'm trying to eat better. Am I going to hang out with people that just pound pizza all day? Yeah. I mean, that's not going to help me. Right. It's mm-hmm. too much of a temptation yeah. because I love the pizza, right? Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, it's 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 amazing how you can see real life application, and yeah. but it applies spiritually as right. well. Right. right. And it reminds me of uh, the beginning of Hebrews 12. You know, obviously in chapter 11 he brings up Abraham and Noah and all of these different you know members of the faith hall of fame, so to speak. Uh, but then in chapter 12, he says, since we're surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and sin that so easily ensnares us. So not only not only are the people in the Old Testament, but I think if we're surrounded by good Christian influences, then that makes those temptations a lot easier to deal with mm-hmm. because you've got people, um, whether that be people you go to church with or sometimes people in your own family that have been Christians for a long time that can give you advice on how to overcome sin because they've been there. Yeah. If you don't associate with those people, then you're, you know, not that you're you're on your own, but, you know, in terms of having other people around, you're kind of mm-hmm. on your own. Right. right. And something, you mentioned this, I think, whenever you were talking about the, Robbie, the Devo that you did recently, because you mentioned bad language. And that's actually the next, next thing that line. he talks yes. about yeah. in the verse because he says bad language disdain. And that's mm-hmm. the other thing going back to the companionship. If we surround ourselves and are constantly surrounded by people who use that kind of language, it's eventually going to seep in. Mm-hmm. We might not verbalize it. But it's there. But it's there. And I know there are times, I've heard this from other people, there are times if you're constantly hearing that language, even if you don't say it, sometimes you say it in your into mind. It's to your subconscious yeah, sometimes, it does. too. And thinking about that, I always think of Ephesians 4, 29. You can't have that Which one. is also the, okay, you can have <laughs> no, I took the ahead. last one. No, go, go ahead. ahead. Okay. You're good. In Ephesians mm-hmm. 4, 29, he says, uh, well, I was going to quote it, but then after that, you messed me up. <laughs> let man. no corrupt. Yeah. Let no corrupt. I can't talk. Let no <laughs> let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, yes, but yes. only such as is good for building right. up, mm-hmm. as fits the occasion, that it may give grace to those who hear. So yeah. there's a, per- and it reminded me of James, right, in our book report when I said the udder oh, of yeah, a ship instead of the rudder <laughs> of a ship. We talked about the tongue and how such a little thing can have a big impact, and yep. we're supposed to have a positive impact with it. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that's uh, it's not the exact application but I, I always think of peter in acts 26 or not uh matthew 26 73 whenever he's denying christ and that woman says you're the esv says accent betrays you the mm-hmm. king james i think says speech betrays you but it, she knew that he was he a galilean diff- yeah. based on how he mm-hmm. talked mm-hmm. people will know if we're christians based on how we talk notice you don't cuss what's the deal yeah you know mm-hmm. i've yeah. heard that before yeah so okay we, we need to go on. The next phrase he says is, God's name hold in reverence nor take it in vain. That was one of the first things that Christ taught his disciples whenever he taught them how to pray in Matthew 6, verse 9. Hallowed, mm-hmm. Hallowed be yeah. your name. Give God the respect that he is due. Yeah, and I think that people just, I mean, it is so rampant. Yeah. You hear, oh my God, or and I'm not saying it, don't don't I'm not saying right, it this way, right. but you hear that you hear Jesus Christ, and I'm like, yeah. or you see the initials of OMG. It and people somehow think that that. Yeah, I've had different. I've had people tell me that. Well, to me it means oh my gosh, and I'm like, well, not to the rest of the world yeah, it doesn't. No. So, um, so I'm not a big fan of that either. No. Um, in in 
in Exodus, you know, chapter mm-hmm. 20, it was called out. Right. Don't take it in vain, hold it in reverence, right. basically. And taking it in vain, uh, the archaic definition is foolishly or silly or irreverent or even blasphemous. And that one just bugs me. Yeah. I don't know why, it just does. Not yeah. that he wrote, but when people do it. Right. No. Yeah, mm-hmm. I understand. And also, I mean, you may have mentioned this one, but people will say, I swear to God, all the time. I did not say that, but yeah. And and I think, too, even in looking in Scripture, like when Christ was teaching about oaths, I think there's an application of taking his name in that context as well, because people will appeal to God to try to, in essence, deceive people into thinking that what they're saying is true. Mm And that's vainly calling so, upon his name. What, what about in a court situation where you're asked to do that? Is it different in that case? I would Think say so, so yeah. yeah, because what it seems to me what Christ is describing there is the fact that Trying. the Jews had two different sets of oaths that they would use, especially in their dealings with Gentiles who didn't know about this rigged system. Mm-hmm. And so in their business dealings, they would swear by the the whatever I yeah. go back to Matthew five I can't remember the specifics and even I think Christ addresses it in Matthew twenty three as well, but in their minds they had these certain O's where if they used that then it wasn't Didn't actually apply. binding so like crossing their fingers yeah like kinda. crossing your yeah. fingers okay. and so they would use it to in essence deceive and get their way to basically. look to look like you're right. on the up and up right but, in but reality, it not actually not being up, honest right. which is Christ's point. At the end of both of those passages, yeah, let just your be yet, honest. Well, also, yep. is that in where he says, "Let your yes be yeah. yes"? Yeah, and so, then James repeats it in James five. Right, we and, go back to James all the time. Yeah, well, it's a good book. It's just interesting to me how how people are. It's so casual to take the Lord's name in vain. Mm-hmm. Like it really has no bearing on a lot of people. Like they don't even realize it. Um, and it goes back to like, it, well, you brought in Exodus chapter twenty. But, like, one of the first things out of his mouth is that I am the Lord your God. He, you know, establishes that credibility. And I think people kind of, you know, it's not that they don't recognize who God is necessarily, but they certainly don't respect him as, you know, the all-powerful creator and just what he is capable of. And they don't have the level of respect that they need to. And so people, when they take the Lord's name in vain, maybe it's not even an intentional thing, but it is definitely like a lack of respect and a lack of understanding. Um, so again, like you said, it you know it's mm-hmm. something that that kind of does get under our skin a little bit just because you know if people only recognized who he was and yeah. you know think of like some of the Old Testament examples of of the things that God was capable of that if he was if he was doing that to anyone who took his name in vain and he could mm-hmm. but. But he chooses not to. Well, and he can tell the difference, too, because mm-hmm, if you yeah. look at Psalms, there's plenty of times where, oh, my God, is used, yeah. but it's not in that manner. In a reverent way. It, yeah. yeah. And, and it's I, to and praise him, it's th- the opposite. Going back to your thing about taking the oaths, I think that's also a point of distinction. Whenever you're in court, what you're saying is you're confirming that everything I'm about to tell you is true. true. It's not being used as Yeah, a, I guess, yeah. Casual. As if I'm standing thing. in front of... Yeah. I'm I am in yeah. front of God telling the truth, you right. know, as mm-hmm. yeah. I agree. I just yeah. curious what what Well, I just thought I'd add. Yeah. Uh the last part of the second stanza then. He says be thoughtful and earnest, kind-hearted and true. There's several things in that one, but 
I, my mind immediately went to Philippians 2 and verse 4, where he tells us to look not out only for ourselves, but also for the interests of others. Mm-hmm. And I think that goes with the thoughtful and the kind-hearted, but also with the kind-hearted Ephesians 4.32, where that's we are to where, be kind and forgive. Immediately, because yeah. when I was reading 4.29, I read the context there, and yeah. I got the 32. I'm like, that's almost like where he got the verse, right? Because right? it's like, be kind <laughs> to one been, another, yeah. tenderhearted, yeah. forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. Yeah. So, yeah, right. good point. When you brought up Philippians 2, it actually reminded me a little later in Philippians 4 when he's talking about whatever things are true, whatever things are yeah. uh, noble, just, pure, lovely, etc., cetera, uh, meditate on these things. Mm-hmm. So, again, just meditate on the things that are going to strengthen you as a Christian and overcome mm-hmm. temptation rather than things that are going to discourage right, you. Right, right. And even as the verse says there, to be true, mm-hmm. my mind went to 1 John three eighteen where he says to not – love in word but to love in deed and in truth truth. i think it's that Mm -hmm. idea of being sincere and genuine and not putting on a a face or a front to make it appear as though you are kind-hearted and thoughtful yeah don't misrepresent your intentions yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. you have anything else on verse two uh no okay i'm good verse three it reads to him that o'ercometh god giveth a crown through faith we shall conquer, though often cast down. He who is our Savior, our strength will renew. Uh, so again, the first part of that, to him that overcometh, God giveth a crown. Immediately think of Second Timothy 4, Revelation 2. 10, Y'all yeah. can have those verses I took the no, list. No, I got another one. So oh, okay. Go ahead. Yeah. okay. Well, Revelation 2, verse 10, Be thou faithful unto death, and thou shalt receive the crown of life. Uh, Paul in 2 Timothy 4 and verse 8, after he had stated that he had finished his race, he had kept the faith, he had fought the fight, uh, he states that that crown of righteousness was laid up for him. There again is that idea, and keeping it in the context of the song, overcoming sin, if we continue to do so, if we live faithfully to God, ultimately that's going to result in that crown. Yeah, I had James 1.12. Blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial, for when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life, which God has promised to those who love him. So very similar message at the end, yeah. that it's not it's for those that obey him right. and love him. Um, but here, I felt like he's talking about if you make it through, because the very next thing is, though often right. cast down, right. I've... I've been knocked down, I've been knocked down, yeah. but am I remaining steadfast in the Word? If so, it says there that I'm going to be blessed with right. the crown of life. Right. And the mm-hmm. thing is, is, well, how can we overcome, and how can we overcome, though we've often been cast down? Well, he says through faith, mixed, yeah. which is exactly mm-hmm. what John, John says in said, 1 John 5, yep. 4 and 5, mm-hmm. that it's through faith that we conquer. Yep. And I think mm-hmm. Romans chapter 8, you know, the end of the chapter there, where he yeah. says we're more than conquerors through Christ. Right. You know, he mm-hmm. goes through all these things that can't, separate us from the love of Christ. And we've talked in the past, there's one thing that can, and that's us personally, right? Right. We can remove ourselves, walk away, but we are conquerors through Christ. It's Mm -hmm. that faith is the victory we have. Yep, Yep. definitely. I was going to bring that up, but I also had uh, 1 Peter 5, and I'll start in verse 8, but really focusing on 9 and 10, but it says, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil walks around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Resist him, steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. So surrounding yourself with good Christians. And then verse 10, But may the God of all grace, who called you into his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after you have suffered a while, will perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. And I think this 
really seems to encapsulate the the whole song here because you know don't yield to temptation be sober and be alert so that you don't yield to that temptation and then in the end because of what Christ has done God will perfect strengthen and establish you mm-hmm. so I thought that was a good you know summary yeah. verse here too that I yeah. was going to bring in absolutely Did I was just going to go on to the next okay, part yeah. but go yeah. ahead oh I was going to go to the next part too so uh, the again just to reiterate the last part of verse three he who is our savior will strength our strength will renew uh, we could go back to Ephesians 6 mm-hmm. that Robbie mentioned earlier in verse 10, he says, finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. There's a number of verses, I believe, in the Psalms that reiterate the same point, that the Lord is our strength. He is the one that is able to accomplish these things through us. Even Paul in Philippians. Philippians. What are you thinking about Philippians 4.13? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, Paul says in Philippians 4.13, um, I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. But also the other verse that I had was 1 Timothy 1.12, where it says, I thank him who has given me strength, Christ Jesus our Lord, because he judged me faithful, appointing me to his service. And so again, it's that idea, the strength does not come within ourselves, but it is the strength that we have that is given to us by God, of course, through his word, and even through the various things that we have to endure in this life, he strengthens us to accomplish his will. Yeah, and I, I think of Paul in Second Corinthians chapter 12 when he had prayed for the thorn to be removed, yeah. and Christ is like, my grace is sufficient. And Paul then said, therefore I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may rest upon me, because he mm-hmm. knew where his power came from. Right, right. Do you have anything, Robbie? Not really. Okay. That phrase... Really, because we've gone through all the stanzas and we haven't looked at the chorus yet, but I think that last phrase of verse 3 really goes, transitions very well into the chorus of the song. Mm -hmm. Because now he says, look ever to Jesus, he'll carry you through. And really, I think the chorus is kind of a repetition of several of the points that we've already looked at. Uh, Look ever to Jesus, Colossians 3, 1 and 2, set your attention or your affection on those things that are above, not on the things that are of the earth. Even what Robbie mentioned a few minutes ago in Hebrews chapter 12, in verse 2, at the beginning of the verse, he says, looking unto Jesus. For us to overcome, for us to endure, to overcome the temptations, to overcome being cast down, overcome all of those things, we must keep our mind's eye set on Christ. I go to to Matthew 14, walking on the water, always with Peter. I mean, as long as he's looking at Christ, he's okay. Right. As soon as he gets distracted, whether in our life that's temptation or what, trials, mm-hmm. temptations, and we get distracted, we start to well, blah, 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 sink, right. right? Right. But Christ carried him through when he yeah. picked him up and put him, you know, they basically got in the boat then, but still, right. Christ carried him through that ordeal. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. All right. I was trying to find the verse real quick, but my internet's not working here. Um, what's that verse that talks about Jesus being the author and perfecter of our faith? It's in Hebrews. It's in chapter, Hebrews. Is that like 12? Hebrews? Hebrews 12. It's Hebrews 12, 3 two. and 4. Oh, okay. 12, 2. two. That's yeah. kind of what I thought of kind of reading through that right right then. I hadn't written that down in advance, but just one that kind of dawned on me right then. But yeah. I mean, yeah, just focusing on Christ who really is our source of strength for overcoming these temptations. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 
The second part of the chorus then, he says, ask the Savior to help you, comfort, strengthen, and keep you. Very similar, I think, to the point you just made about Peter. Whenever he began to seek, he said, Lord, save me. Mm-hmm. He cried out for Christ because he knew Christ would be able to, to save him from that. And so in times of those temptations or in the times of being cast down, always turning to God, I also think about what Christ says in Matthew twenty six forty one, in the garden where he says, Watch and pray that ye enter not into temptation, for the spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Mm-hmm. And even going back to Matthew 6 when he taught them to pray, asking the Lord to lead them not into temptation, but deliver them from the evil one, asking for God's guidance. Again, First Corinthians ten thirteen, asking for that way of escape to help us find that way of escape. <clears throat> and I think that, and if not all, most of Paul's epistles, he mentions how he has prayed for the those right. brethren to be strong, yeah. to remain steadfast, mm-hmm. and ask for them to do the same yeah. in return. Yeah. So there's a there's an awful lot of example of praying, mm-hmm. and you know you're you're asking the Savior, you're. God is referred to as, as our Savior in Jude. Um, you know, Jesus was the Savior on the cross, God's plan. So, in essence, mm-hmm. they're both saviors. Yeah, right. um, you you go to God through Christ, mm-hmm. but you still plead for Him. Right. You still plead. They both hear it. Right. Um, right. So, you're asking for that help. Yeah. Draw near to God, and He'll draw, draw near, near to, to you. you. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. And it also reminds me of um, in Hebrews chapter 2, at the end of the chapter there, it says, for the and that he himself has suffered, talking about Christ, being tempted, he is able to aid those who are tempted. So Christ is able to help us through these mm-hmm. things because, you know, we can draw near to him because he's already gone through all of those things and yeah. then more. Right, right, yeah. absolutely. You have anything else on that second part? Mm-mm. Okay, the final part of the chorus is he is willing to aid you, he will carry you through. Again, very similar to especially the first part, part of, the of the chorus, chorus there. Yeah. A very similar idea to what we've already looked at and what you just pointed out, Robbie, actually in, in Hebrews. He is able right. able to aid us. And not only able, as the song points willing. out, he's willing to. Mm-hmm. Right. And he even and, talks about that a couple of chapters later. We brought up Hebrews 4.15 right. already, but that he's already been tempted in all points as we are right. yet without right. sin. Right. And so this song, we honestly probably could have made this a two-parter very easily because I feel like we all had a lot more a lot more that we could have said on this mm-hmm. one. But it's a, it's a great song, a wonderful reminder for us to strive to overcome those temptations and great reminders of the guidance and the comfort and the strength that God gives us through those temptations. And uh, I think it's an important point that Ryan kind of started with that you know, this is a song that we teach and encourage one another. Right. So this is a song, if somebody's struggling with temptation, you know, we're singing and we're teaching to one another, you know, you know, come to us, you know, we're here for you. Mm-hmm. We'll help you through mm-hmm. this. Absolutely. And yeah, not I only mean, us, but Christ especially, right. but also, you know, the church as a whole. Well, all three verses. The first one is warning them not to give in. The second yeah. one is find a friend that'll help you get through it. And number three is if you do conquer it, guess what? Right. You get a crown. Yeah, mm-hmm. so. Absolutely. Really encouraging song. It is. Y'all have anything else? Okay, well, we just want to say thank you again for tuning in this week. Hope that this was encouraging to you and and was a good reminder, or perhaps you learned some things that you didn't already know. And we hope that this has been beneficial to you. And as Robbie mentioned, 
if, ever, if any of y'all ever need help, don't hesitate to reach out to one of us or find somebody that you are close with, that you can confide in, that you can trust and, and reach out to them and, and help ask for that help to overcome that temptation and that sin. Uh, if y'all don't have anything else, I guess we'll close here, and you could say that that was the conclusion, conclusion of the matter. matter.